Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. streets or the empty desert in our hope and in our waiting we are never alone God is with us Hey, I just want you to know, uh, thank you for that, by the way. It's been the best 2019 so far, man. We get every Sunday, you need somebody to shout me down. I just want you to know, uh, God is still with us, uh, by the way. Uh, that was the wrong bumper. Probably nobody knew, but that worked out. Um, so Selfless is a series we're starting today. And I'm so excited for what God's doing uh, here in 2019. And it's so incredible having our first Sunday. I mean, literally, I, I cannot believe we've already been around for so long as a church. I mean, I remember like stressing about launching two Septembers ago and going, man, we're going to make it, we're going to make it. Well, good news, we made it, amen? 2018 was an incredible year. I just want to say thank you guys so much. We had so many hands raised, so many people's lives changed, so many people that were impacted and made a difference to the cause of Christ. And I mean, we could not do this without an incredible group of people called the Dream Team. You guys are absolutely incredible servants. You guys are day in and day out, week in and week out, setting this place up, making things happen. You know, it's just so incredible to see what you guys are doing. And something that excites me about this season, uh, we're going into two uh, gatherings in a couple weeks, and we have onboarded over 40 new people to our Dream Team in the last couple months. And I'm so excited for those people that said, Yes, I want to make a difference. I'm not showing up to volunteer. I'm not here to set up a chair. I'm here to make a difference for the cause of Christ. And so I want to highlight a few of those people. Uh, I can say thanks to everybody. Maybe I will. I might take the whole gathering, but we might do it. But uh, I just want to say thanks to a few people. Uh, Christy and Josh Patterson, I don't know if they're in the house today, but I want to say thank you to you guys. Uh, you guys have been so faithful in our church. I think you're over here somewhere. And the desert is. They're waving. And the, it's, it's the lights, man. So bright. But I man, you've been here every single week, so faithful, making a difference since we launched. And I want to say thank you so much. It's been encouraging to watch God use you. Uh, just like I'm in the office next to you guys during life group. And so I'm, I'm like always like eavesdropping. So that's where I get my sermons, you know. And, um, but anyway, I mean, it's just so encouraging to see what God's doing. And she's, they're both helping out in Teardown. And uh, can you believe that? You see them over there like the muscles. So Josh is doing maintenance fabrication. They're helping out doing all sorts of cool stuff. But man, I'm telling you, it's so encouraging to see that. We got James and Courtney Ellis. I know they're in the house somewhere. Where's those newlyweds at? Why are you here right now? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you should be in church. That's awesome. But I still don't know where they're at, but uh, I, or they're over here somewhere, maybe. I don't know. But uh, in the middle, there they are right in the middle. All right, so James and Courtney, uh, we, uh, we just got married like, like maybe a month, a month ago or something. And uh, so it's so cool that you guys are jumping on the team. Uh, I think James is doing our first time uh, guest greeter. You're helping out with pre-K. I mean, a passion to see those kids just know and follow Jesus, and it's so encouraging. I want to say thanks for coming out for this. Uh, thanks for being bold and taking a step. I know Drew and Holly, there's people have been praying for you, inviting you like 10,000 times, and now you guys are coming and making a difference. So, man, can you get up for them? That's so encouraging. Yeah, very cool. And then we've got uh, this whole group of people called teenagers, you know what I'm saying? And uh, man, we love our teenagers, and you guys are making a huge difference in the life of our church. I got, I got like a Jordan, like, yeah, that's me. You like me. That's cool. That's cool. 
He's down here, like, being all cool like that. But, man, I just want to say thank you guys for jumping in. Now, some of you guys are helping out with the kids. Hey, Austin's tearing down now. He's going to start, like, breaking some things. going to be awesome. Um, working with the kids, making a difference. I'm telling you what, we're not a church just with a youth group. We're a church for the youth. We're a church for the next generation. We believe in God's got some special things for you guys. And you get more out of serving than you do by showing up. And so I want to say thanks to all those people that have signed up on our dream team. Can we give them a real-life welcome to the team? Come on now. So encouraging. All right, that's the end of my message. We're going to be praying and got it. I'm just Somebody's like, man, we've got some football. <laughs> oh, man. You guys are crazy. Oh, man. One other thing I like about this, uh, being the first Sunday, you guys start New Year's resolutions. Barry stole my introduction. We played the wrong mupper, so I have no sermon of the day. Um, but some of you guys made some resolutions, right? Maybe you had some goals in mind. I love, uh, I love it. I just stopped making them because this don't ever work out for me. Um, but Diane, she came up to me, and she told me, this is awesome. She's like, hey, I have, I have three resolutions I'm making this year, and they're, they're not objective and not specific. I'm like, that's perfect. That way you don't know when you miss it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't even know if you didn't even follow through with it. It's amazing. Uh, so she's just keeping it super general so it just falls apart. It's amazing. Uh, but, you know, sometimes we make resolutions like I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to, uh, you know, get uh, out of debt. I'm going to get rid of the cat. Amen. Come on now. That's a, get the goal, man. <laughs> I heard some booze. There's some cat. Now you know who to give your cat to. Just right over here. They'll take your cat. Man, so many times our resolutions, they'd be so focused on ourselves, you know. Um, it could be more about us than anything else. And that's not bad. Like, a lot of times there's, like, self-improvement goals, and that's, that's, that's good. But, you know, sometimes the tragedy is really miss out what God has for us. You know, sometimes we miss that God is the lead story, that the story's not about us. Sometimes we want to be on the cover, amen? Like, we, we want to be on the cover of the magazine. We want the story about us being the hero that saved the day, and, and that Jesus is that hero. And so many times we'll pray, and we'll, we'll ask God for stuff, and we'll say, God, man, I want this year to be amazing. I want to get out of debt, and I, I, want, to, I want to be wealthy, and I'm going to be happy, and, and I want things to work out, man. I want that girl. I'm going to date that girl, man. God, give me that girl. You know, it's going to work out. And then things don't work out, you know? <laughs> And all of a sudden, we're like, God, what happened, you know? I went to church, and I tried church, and nothing changed. And all of a sudden, we started blaming God for all the problems. We didn't get the job we wanted. And then we found out somebody took our parking spot. Come on now. There's a pastor that took your spot. Just kidding. And somebody took your spot, and maybe that girl you were going to date just didn't work out. And you're just like, man, God, what happened? I didn't get what I wanted this year. And so easy to forget that Jesus is our lead story. It's so easy to forget that 2019 is just really not going to be about us. And there's a great scripture in the Bible that Jesus talks about. Somebody wants to follow him, and he, he kind of gives them the standard of what it would be to follow him. And it says this in Matthew 16, 24. It says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Man, Jesus is making it pretty clear, I think. Like, if you want to follow me, just guess what? It's just not going to be about you. Like, I'm going to increase and you're going to decrease. It's just not going to be about me. It's not about what I'm going to do. In this new year, I want us to really grow as a church. I want us to be focused on the cross. This new year, say, man, I'm going to put God first in my life. I'm going to be more obedient to Jesus. And so we're going to talk about what that looks like today. I'm going to have four different themes, and this series is going to be kind of split up. So we're going to do two weeks with Selfless, and then we're going to go to the At The Movies. And by the way, if you don't know what At The Movies is, I'm just going to clue you in. It's an amazing series. Uh, we're going to play clips of your favorite films, and we're going to just preach through it and uh, take out the truths of God. And it would be a great time to invite somebody. There's going to be popcorn up in this house, because that's why we do this, right? And there'll be some soda, and there's going to be some photo booths, and there'll be random things happen every single week, kind of pulling out the stops. But I'm telling you, this is a great time to invite somebody out to our church. There's a big mailer going out. You might get it this uh, coming week or right in the next Sunday. It's going to be awesome. And so we're going to see a lot of new faces, and I hope you encourage to bring somebody out. So we're going to preach through Selfless, and then we're at the movies for, two, uh, for, for some weeks, and then we're going to go into another series of Selfless. And so we're going to start out this Sunday, we're going to talk about being bold witness. What is to be bold for Jesus? And we're going to jump into what it is to be faithful in service. 
hit at the movies, come back to extravagant giving and what it means to be faithful in the grind. And so maybe say it this way, maybe saying, God, I want you to use my life. Like I want 2019 not to be about me, I want to be about you. Like I want to be bold in my witness. I want to be, even if it's uncomfortable, I want to share Jesus. Like I want to see my, my family impacted for you, for the cause of Christ. And for some of you, you're going to say, hey, I want to be faithful in service. I want to make a difference. Like it's not comfortable tearing down. We, don't, we all want to watch the football game. But you know what? I want to make a difference because we're making a way for people to come to Christ. Some of you say, I'm going to give more. I'm going to sacrifice. As a matter of fact, I'm going to find something I love. I'm going to give it up for Jesus because I want to see more people changed by the power of the cross. And maybe for some of us, we're going to say, you know what? I'm going to be faithful in the grind. I'm going to be thankful through all, all the, the mundane things of life. I'm going to wake up with purpose. Amen. Like, I'm a little passion in my step. I'm going to do the mundane, these dishes for Jesus. I always talk about wiping butts for Jesus. Man, that's where I'm at right now, just wiping butts. And that's not even, I could say something. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> Dude, for real. I, I've got more poop stories than anybody ever wants to know about, you know what I'm saying? But we're going to talk about one big idea this morning. Speaking of poop, I don't know how I'm getting here, but um, we're about being bold in witness. What it means to be bold and witness, let me use some context of the scripture we're going to talk about today. There's disciples that, that Jesus picked out and they followed Jesus for three years. Jesus was training them on what it is to know and follow God. And every once in a while, Jesus would clue them in. He's like, hey, this is what we're doing this for. Like, hey, big 30,000 foot picture. Hey, I'm going to die on the cross. They're going to arrest me. I'm going to die on the cross. And I'm going to be buried. I'm going to be resurrected on the third day. I'm coming back. And the disciples were like, no, nah, that ain't happening. It's like, no, you don't understand. Like, I'm going to be arrested and down across the raising again. No, Jesus, we're going to protect you. Like, no one's going to arrest you. You're God. This isn't going to happen. She's like, listen, I'm going to down the cross for forgiveness of the sins. I'm not coming for the healthy. I'm coming for the sick. I'm not coming for the righteous. I'm not coming for the religious. I'm coming for those people who reject them. I'm coming for sinners. I'm going to down the cross. I'm going to be buried. I'm going to resurrect to the power. I'm going to defeat death, hell, and the grave and be there. I'm going to show up. So it happens. Jesus gets arrested. Goes to, goes to the cross, dies on the third day, is resurrected, and it's Sunday evening, Resurrection Sunday. What do you think the disciples are doing in this moment? You're probably thinking, man, they're proclaiming the gospel, right? Like, he's coming back any minute now. Like, dude, I got some money on this. Come on, Jesus. Like, where are you at? Like, any moment. Hey, come on, let's get the iPhone. Dude, we got to go down to the tomb. We're going to see this stone rolled away. It's going to make YouTube. It's going to be the biggest video in history. Let's go on down there and check it out. Like, come on, people. You wait for it. Jesus coming. No, that's actually the complete opposite. If you know the story, it picks up in John 20. It says, that Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors. Come on. Because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Man, Jesus said he's coming back. I don't think the disciples quite got the memo. They didn't quite understand what was happening. Why were they locked behind doors? Like, why in the world they locked themselves in the church? You're like in their house and away from everybody else. And it said really clearly, it says they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. They're afraid of the enemies of Jesus. And I think for us in our Christian walk, sometimes uh, just some simple things of why we don't witness as much. Why, why aren't we so bold? You know, I always want to be more bold and I always find myself just kind of like chickening out the last second or something happens. Why is that? And I think there's a couple reasons. One that comes to mind is that sometimes I think we just don't know enough. Like we're not qualified. Like, man, somebody's going to ask me that question about the dinosaurs. It's going to throw me off, you know. I'm going to hear something about evolution, or they're going to throw some curveball when I start witnessing them, and I'm not going to have the answer, and I'm not the answer. I'm going to look like an idiot, so I'm not going to say anything about the Bible. Anybody there? I've been there. Like, man, that guy's going to outsmart me on this one. Or maybe we feel like, man, I don't want to offend somebody. Like, I don't feel like, you know, I'm coming down on them, and, and then I, I look like a fool, and then they feel like judged. I don't, want come, I don't want to be that guy, so I'm just not going to bring it up, and I'm going to wait for the, the perfect time he's going to show up. I'm going to just wait for that moment. And so often we're waiting and waiting and waiting. And what we find is I think if we boil down to all the reasons we're not more bold, I think it comes down to that idea of we're afraid. Like we're afraid of what people think about us. We're afraid of being the outcasts. We're afraid of uh, not being able to sit at the same lunch table or afraid of uh, being uh, like labeled. 
Like that weird Christian dude, that Jesus freak, labeled being kind of outdated. Maybe you feel like we're going to be ostracized. Maybe you feel like it's just going to cause a tension. And so we're just come down to it. I'm afraid, you know, I'm not exempt from this. I know I'm a preacher. And so you think I have like a halo over my head, you know what I'm saying? And I wake up and the Bible opens itself and like the kind of glory God pours out on me. And I'll walk around with like this aura, like everybody I touch is like the presence of God's upon you. All right, nobody thinks that. Cool. All right, well, that's awesome. I'll kind of get back to that next year. All right, well, that's not true. That's not happening. You know, I, was a, I was in Bible college, and I took a class in personal evangelism, which, by the way, you don't have to to be qualified to share Jesus. I'm just going to throw it out there right now. But I was super qualified, you know what I'm saying, overqualified. And so uh, I started this uh, event, and it was uh, really just a way to reach out to kids behind the school I was at in the community uh, that really were in a, a really tight spot. I mean, just very, um, just a hardship situation. Uh, education was bad. That their families were just—I mean, it was—it was a difficult situation. I'll put it that way. And uh, these kids were um, just on our hearts. And so I was on the soccer team at Bible College, which meant absolutely nothing. <laughs> I had breath so I could play. You know what I'm saying? And so we we invited the soccer team out and said, "Hey, let's take these kids in and, and let's witness to them. Let's see if their parents would come out." So we did this big soccer clinic, and we knew there was going to be a bunch of people that didn't know Jesus. And it was my first time ever preaching. Okay outside of like the one time in youth group and I was like 17, okay? So I'm writing this message and in the middle of writing this message, I'm like, man, I'm not so sure if I should share the gospel. I'm like, here's the, here's the great preacher. <laughs> and so I'm asking my buddy Micah and you might know him, he's from Vapor Sports Ministries, he's been here and he was one of my RAs and I was like, hey, like I'm not so sure what to do with this. He's like, you're not gonna share the gospel? I was like, man, like I just don't wanna offend somebody. He goes, man, you gotta share the gospel. Like, you got to share from your heart the passion of Jesus, and it's going to offend some people. But, man, you got to do it with the right heart. you got to share the gospel. So I'm like, okay, so when I preach to people, I need to share the gospel. Check. Okay. You know, it's kind of crazy. Like, I was chickening out, and I look back, and I was just afraid. Like, I was afraid of what that person might think about me. But then you realize that's, like, the only opportunity I have to share. And so I don't know about you. Like, what is it for you? Like, what would make you more bold? I think sometimes we're just afraid. But I want to share one verse that may help you, give you some encouragement this morning. There's like a moment in time, there's an event that happens in the life of the disciples that all of a sudden that timid, fearful, scared disciples are now bold and courageous for Jesus. And it picks up uh, in verse 20. It says, 1920, it says, that Sunday evening the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they're afraid of the Jewish leaders. And suddenly Jesus... Jesus, the man that was crucified, that was buried in a tomb, here's Jesus standing there among them and says, peace be with you. Can you imagine that? There's Jesus. He's like, hey, I tried the door. I don't think you got the memo because it's locked. So I'm trying to just come, come on and bust your party app. So I know you're not expecting me here. So just peace be with you. Because if you were expecting me, you'd have been like, yeah, he's here. We're excited. But now you're afraid that I'm here. So I'm going to remind you, hey, man, I'm, I'm coming back. Do you remember I was coming back? And all of a sudden, these disciples who were timid and afraid are now going to have some boldness. They're going to go from being selfish to selfless. And this is what happens. Peter all of a sudden gets some, some pump in his step or whatever. You know, he's just getting crazy. And so he has to slow, Jesus is like trying to like slow him down a little bit. You know, Peter's just going nuts. And so Peter's like, man, I'm going to go preach the gospel. He goes out with his buddy John. They start preaching in the streets. All of a sudden, 3,000 people come to Christ. They get arrested by some religious leaders. They get thrown in the jail. They're probably threatened with all sorts of different things and execution and whatever. And this high priest, and his name is Annas, he goes to him. And I just got to stop there. That guy's a terrible name. So <laughs> there's a lot of jokes about this, okay? And, if, and since I'm a pastor and a preacher and there's a halo, I can't say any of these jokes. But if I meet you at like a restaurant, we might throw some jokes out. But this high priest, this high priest, I'm not going to say his name again. <laughs> so this high priest goes to him and says, in what power... In whose name did you heal these men? How did you do this? And, and here's Peter, who has just denied Jesus, like literally three days in advance, like this little eight-year-old girl with a lunch sack. He's going to say something so bold and so courageous. What happened? He saw the resurrected Jesus. But this is what he says. 
to the leaders, all these religious leaders. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of our people, are we being crushed today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you really want to know how he was healed? Well, let me just clarify this and state it to all of you and to all the people of Israel. Now watch his boldness. This is crazy. That he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, the man, check this out, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. Hey, newsflash, religious leaders, I got some good news for you. You're not going to think it's good news, but the tomb is empty, bro. The tomb is empty. The resurrected Christ healed that person. I know you don't want to hear this right now, but I'm telling you something. I've seen him with my own eyes. He's real. I'm going to have some boldness. I'm not going to shut up. I know you might kill me, but I'm going to tell you, Jesus is alive. Amen? I mean, what's some boldness in that, right? Like, what happened? Like, he saw Jesus. And so here's the key principle I'll throw at you. We speak boldly about the things we believe deeply in. We speak boldly about the things we believe deeply in. If you guys love a sport, you're going to talk about sports like crazy. It's going to be like all over you. If you found a restaurant that's like, this is the most amazing place, and that like white cheese that you dip your chips into, oh my gosh, it's amazing. Like all this stuff, right? Like I got these socks. I don't know why I love these socks. I went on a missions trip because that's what happens with socks. And this guy gave me a pair of socks called Fit Socks. And this is a promo form, so I hope to get some royalties from this. And they gave me Fit Socks. And these socks like are amazing. So I'm just going to pass it on if you want amazing socks. It's the only socks I wear when I die. Bury me in Fit Socks for the love of Jesus is doing. I love these socks. You got to buy these socks. You see what I'm saying? This is what we do, right? Like, literally, I'm obsessed about these socks. Or maybe, like, a Netflix series, you find your favorite show, but you can't tell anybody because it's not really appropriate because I know how you guys operate. And so you're not going to tell anybody about that, but you're going to be sick <clears throat> for, like, three days, and you're going to skip work, okay? So you can watch the series, like, all of the series seasons of it, right? Not just one, but all of it. Binge watch all of it. I mean, you're excited about it, so you're telling your friends, but you're not posting, you know what I'm saying? And so anyway, we speak boldly about the things that we deeply believe in. So we're going to share, what does this look like for Peter? Like, if we're not, like, sharing Jesus, like, he was bold about Jesus and for us if we're not bold about Jesus how deep is our belief in Jesus like maybe we need to like get a little deeper like maybe reminded of what Jesus did for us like maybe we need to be like hey I'm going to plant 2019 on the cross like I'm going to be bold this year because I'm, I believe something big about Jesus this is what Peter said about Jesus he said there is salvation in no one else God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. The members of the council were amazed. Like, wow, this is crazy. When they saw their boldness of Peter and John, I love this, for they could see that they were ordinary men. Like, holy smokes, these people are just like regular people. That's mind-blowing. No special training in the scriptures. Like, how in the world did they come up with this? And they recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. That's crazy. I want you to think about this. Are people amazed by your boldness in Jesus? Like, how amazed would they be? You know, for some of you, like all the people around you, like, man, I can't believe how bold that person is. Man, they're witnessing to their team, like they're standing up at their work. Like, man, yeah, that guy's a Christian. I know he's a Christian ever since I've worked here. Or sometimes it's like totally unmoved. And so maybe you quantify on a scale, like do like a one to 10 scale, like 10 being amazed and like one being like totally unmoved. So 10's like Jesus, amen. So don't give yourself a 10 because you're not Jesus. And one's more like the devil. We'll leave that open for some people, okay? So we'll throw it out there. I'm not coming down on you. Come on now. But maybe like a seven or eight, right? Like you show up, you're like, man, I feel like I'm pretty good. And if you're seven or eight, you'd probably send by somebody a day that you brought to church. Maybe there's a list you pray over people and there's people in your life you know that need Jesus, but you haven't got a chance to tell them, but you're praying for them. Maybe there's the people you passionately share the gospel with. They're never gonna go to our church, but you're sharing the gospel and God's using you to plant some seeds. Maybe you're like a little far down the list and you're like, man, I haven't brought somebody to church. Like I don't invite people very often, you know, or maybe I've never told somebody the gospel. You know, it's crazy when you think about Christianity and the stats that the average person only leads, average Christian only leads one person in their life to Jesus. That's a Christian. Isn't that crazy? There's one person. It's like, man, like sometimes you need a little more bold. As you work down a list, maybe like, man, I'm just not on this list. Like I really need to have the power and presence of God in my life. How amazed are people by your boldness? 
You know, I go back and forth on this scale. Maybe you're like me. When I was, when I was in college, I used to go out and uh, just go preach the gospel like, to random people. I don't know what was going on. That just doesn't seem like a good avenue, but it worked out for sometimes. And one time I was with Micah, which I don't know why these stories are all about him and me. And we went down to MSU, which wasn't called that because I'm old. And uh, we were going down through the corridor and there was a couple girls who were sitting on a, the fountain area by the library. And we're like, man, let's just go talk to them and start witnessing. So I ended up talking to this girl named Lisa. And Lisa, she was like overwhelmed that I started telling her about the gospel. She stopped me in the middle of like telling the gospel, I'm like, I messed this up, you know, like what's wrong with me? And she goes, you're the third person in two days to tell me about the gospel, about Jesus. There must be something about this story. And so I got the privilege and the honor of leading Lisa to Christ that day. I had no idea what God's going to do in her life, but I just took one little step of boldness to just say, hey, I'm going to go out and I could be doing anything in college, you know, at this point, but I'm going out to tell people about Jesus. And then last week, my phone broke. I was uh, hanging out with some friends. My phone's broke all over the place. And this guy came to my house to repair my phone. And matter of fact, he came into my office where I had that holy Bible with the, uh, the kind of glory of God. And he was sitting there, you know. And he was right across from it. And we started talking. And we started talking about nerd stuff. And I'm not very good at nerd stuff because I look like a moron really quickly. So I was like, oh, man, I shouldn't say anything. And so we started talking back and forth. And I kept thinking, oh, man, I should tell him about Jesus. Like, dude, this is what I live for, right? Like, this whole church is launched with this and this and this. And you know what? I didn't do it. Like, it didn't happen. Like, I just, like, chickened out. I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, I can't even tell this guy about Jesus. So I go back and forth. Like, I got this, like, bold moment of faith. Like, I'm going to go find somebody. And then I got this other moment of complete apathy where a guy shows up and sits, like, at the, apparently, the presence of God, right? Like, right there. Like, what, what am I missing? What's, where, where are you in the scale? Like, where do you kind of fit in? Maybe you're like me, and it kind of tosses back and forth. And so I just want to challenge you guys. We're called to share Jesus. We're called to be salt and light to the world. We're not just called, we're actually commanded by God to go into the world to tell people the good news of the cross. And so I also want to encourage us, how can we be more bold this season? How can we be more bold in 2019? I'll give you two simple and very short, profound truths of the Bible found here in Acts chapter 4. The first thing is this, if you're more, more bold, you have to spend more time with Jesus, amen? You've got to get in his presence. What's that, what's that mean? You've got to pray more. It means you've got to get with him. Like, are you spending any time with Jesus? Man, there's an amazing app, the YouVersion Bible app. You can do anything. You'll read the Bible to you, amen? Like, you can sit there for, like, 30 minutes a day and read the whole Bible in the whole year just by clicking a button. It'll just talk to you. And it's really cool, like, weird Middle Eastern voice. It's awesome. You love it, you know? I mean, you can do all these different Bible studies, all these different groups. Maybe just pray more. Maybe just, just get refreshed in God. Like, just meditating on a truth that God spoke to your life. Just getting, getting in the Word. Like, just sitting out the Bible and saying, God, speak to me. Just let it flip open. It works. I promise you. God's going to show you something. But spend more time with Jesus. This is what it says in uh, Acts 4.13. It says, they're amazed by the disciples' boldness, for they could see that they're ordinary men. I love that. With no special training in the scriptures, and they all re also recognize them as men who'd been with Jesus. Man, who is God using? Who is God using? You're kind of like, man, somebody's going to be going. It's not going to be me. No, God's using the ordinary and the regular people just like us. Amen? Matter of fact, I love what one version says about this. It says that these people were unschooled people. Unschooled people. There's actually a Greek word. You gotta look it up. It's a real Greek word that's used right here for unschooled people. It's idiotos. <laughs> what does that mean? Idiot. They're idiots. Who is God using? He's using idiots who've been with Jesus. Come on now. I mean, I don't know if you feel like an idiot before. I know half. Guess what? We are qualified, amen? We are highly qualified. Some of you guys are more qualified than others, others but you know what? We're going to get there, right? He's using idiots who just walked with Jesus. And I don't know about you, but what happens if we miss our personal time with God? 
What happens? All of a sudden, somebody cuts us off in the highway, and we want to remove their bumper from their car, right? That's our first, like, it's like, oh, man, that person must have a hard day. It's like, you're going to die, you know? I mean, it's like, it's all over. And we get too much in this stuff. Like, for some of us, we get way too much in the sports. We get way too much in the things around us. I don't know about you, but last night, I was getting a little too much into it, because I'm like, these Colts are looking pretty good right now, and I'm getting nervous for our Chiefs, you know? And so I'm getting all passionate and fired up, looking at this thing, going, oh, no, not a repeat of every, like, time we've ever played them in the playoffs. Let's not do this, you know? And so I'm getting, like, all wrapped up to it. Maybe get wrapped up in fashion. You have the, like, the latest, coolest thing or the, the latest phone or the latest gizmo, whatever it is. Too much in the social media. Like we're just way over the top. Everything's got to be posted every second. If it's not on our own, man. And we're way too much into what people think about us. Like we're all in this other stuff because we're not spending time with God. But when you spend time with God, guess what? He re- realigns your heart. Like he allows you to just kind of value things. Like that's not valuable anymore. Like this thing is more valuable. You spend time with him, he gives us faith. He gives us faith to, to go through the, the problems of life, become opportunities, amen? Like, we're not going to lay down. We're not going to quit. We have a hope. We have a future. Things are tough. Guess what? It's always going to be tough. But Jesus has got me. Jesus is with me. We saw the bumper. He is with me, right? But spiritual urgency, man. There's an urgency that we can have. Oh, I love it. He's here, too. I love it. But there's a spiritual urgency. You know, so many times we can walk through life and years go by, and it's like, what have we done for Christ? But there's an urgency. Like, I'm going to go find a way to pry open the dates of hell. Like, I'm going to go charge the gates. Like, the church is an offensive weapon. We're not going to wait for that gate to open. We're taking it out, amen? And so we're going to be a little more spiritual urgent as we spend time with God. Maybe some confidence. You know, our confidence is put in a lot of things. A lot of other people, there's other relationships, maybe dating somebody or whatever. But you know what? Our confidence is found in God. And so we can have some boldness. We can stand. We can go against the grain. We can say no when everybody's saying yes. That's kind of the difference between, like, a chicken and an eagle, isn't it? Like, I'm going to take off and soar. Like, I know you guys got some cool stuff, but this is way better. I follow Jesus. Like, I'm going to say no to you today. Or maybe we can just have boldness. We can just be bold about the gospel. Don't be rude. Don't be mean, but just be bold. Just be like, man, I love you, man. I lo-. You know what Jesus loves you? It's like, what are you talking about, you know? I mean, you go to work and people know you're a Christian because you care about them. That's amazing. So, so we spend time with Jesus. It changes our whole perspective. It makes us bold. The second way is very simple. And it's just to pray for boldness. Like, when's the last time we said, God, make me more bold for you to share your goodness? Like, when's the last time we said that? When's the last time we prayed that prayer in our heart to ask God to make us more bold? You know, the religious leaders came to Peter and they put him in jail and they're probably threatening him to his life. And they're saying, hey, I, don't, I want you pretty much to renounce everything that Jesus did. And Peter did something completely different. He stood up and proclaimed the name of Jesus. And I want to ask you, what would you do in that same situation? Like, let's pretend that you are arrested, may potentially arrested and going to go to jail. Would you, would you still pronounce Jesus? Like, what would it look like if... Uh, if what your prayer life would look like if you knew that you might be executed to step out of your house and share Jesus with one of your friends. You know, there's places around the world where if you share Jesus, you can be killed. You'll be ostracized from your family. There's places around the world that exist today in that very context of where it costs everything to share Jesus. What would our prayer life be like? Maybe it'd be like, Jesus, just keep me safe. Jesus, keep me safe. And I love what the disciples pray to Jesus in this moment. They're in this context. And they say in they say this in verse 29, it says, And now, O Lord, hear their threats, and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. So, you know what? I'm in a hard time, and I'm not costing everything, so God just give me some more boldness because I'm going to keep preaching. That's incredible. That's incredibly encouraging to think that we can pray for boldness, and God will give us more boldness. And the moment we think we got to sit down, God's saying, hey, what? Just keep standing up. So you can pray for boldness to spend time with Jesus. You become selfless. You can deny yourself, become more like Christ. But something I want to really challenge you with as we end this today is really to keep this on the front of your mind. There's something way more important 
than being afraid of all the things around here in the world. There's something so much more important than what we see with our own eye. We have to have eternity in perspective. And for all of us, there's a moment when this life ends and there's no life we're gonna live that's gonna last forever. There's no life you're gonna live either in the presence of God in heaven forever or you're gonna live in the horror of hell forever. And I'm not a, like a preacher that comes down on like fire and brimstone, okay? I'm not the kind of guy that's gonna go up here and, and give you a bunch of guilt trips and have some kind of condemnation and make you feel bad about whatever. But I've gotta be true what the Bible says. And there's a place that's so unimaginable. There's a place that you don't wanna, I can't even describe what it's like. A place that's eternally separate from God place there's no peace it's pain and Jesus talked about this place he actually talked about hell more than he talked about heaven in the Bible and I believe he talked about hell more than he talked about heaven because he didn't want anybody to go there he was warning everybody about the consequence of sin and for us I believe our lives are meant to be a roadblock like the ramp is out the bridge is out like don't go this way we're called to be the mouthpiece of God to a broken and hurting world and for us there's a place that's so unimaginable you wouldn't want to see anybody there and I'm constantly reminded of this constantly torn by this. See, most of my family, they're not Christians. And every time I get a funeral, I'm always just so distraught because I just know the reality of the situation. And I'm just praying to God that one day my family would be totally different. That one day, even if it's just because of my influence on the next generation below me, but that my family would know what it's like to spend eternity in heaven. Amen? And so I'm just asking you guys to just put eternity in your minds. Because just like you can't describe the horrors of hell, you can't describe the splendor of heaven. Amen? You can't describe the grace and the peace and the splendor and the majesty of God, the presence of God around you. And this is what it says in 1 Corinthians. It says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. You can't even dream or imagine what God is doing in heaven for us right now. John says this in Revelation 21. It says, now I see a new heaven, new earth. The old heaven, old earth has passed, or has disappeared. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. And God himself, what will he do? He will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there'll be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. And all these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, it is finished. It is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and end. And to all who are thirsty, I'll give freely from the springs of water of life. All who are victorious will inherit the blessing and I will be their God and they will be my children. This is the glory of heaven. This is what heaven is like. And I'm gonna tell you something. We're bold about the things we believe deeply in, amen? A timid and a shy and afraid faith will not change a broken and hurting world. God's calling us to be bold and to stand up and to push through. That girl, Lisa, I witnessed to, I had no idea what God's gonna do in her life. I found out a year later, she started a Bible study on MSU. She was like, where the cross met the world, amen? Like I was in Bible college bubble, right? Like everybody's a Christian all around me. And God's using her to be a hope in, in a light, in a dark place. I have no idea what God's gonna do. I think about when you live boldly. There's so many of you, youth group. There's so many of you that, I was a youth pastor for 10 years and you guys have been challenged and God spoke to you in a moment. God said some words or spoke something into you. And it was just a few months ago that a, a man came to our church named Brett Garden. He came back from, I mean, talking years of not seeing this guy and said, thank you so much for caring about me. I'm like, I had no idea I made an impact in your life. He said, yeah, you made a huge impact. I'm so glad you launched this church. And today, him and his wife serve on our dream team. I don't know if was in the house today because they were on a honeymoon, so I hope they're not in the house, you know what I'm saying? But, but they came here today, or they came to our church and they serve on our dream team because they want to make a difference. You have no idea what being bold just in a moment can do and change your life or change those around you. You know, for me, I kind of missed the opportunity. Like this guy came to my office with the presence of God in the Bible, right? And I totally missed the opportunity just to witness to him and share Jesus. But I'm gonna tell you something, it's not too late, amen? 
it's not too late. There's probably somebody that's close to you but's far from God that needs to hear this message. There's somebody that's close to you that needs to hear the good news of the gospel. It's never too late to share that. You know, we tend to get into a shell. We tend to think it's safer to be behind a locked door. We tend to be safer like not to know our neighbors. And it's, it's safer you know, not to be pushed out there and it's safer to always be right. And it's safer to know the answers. It's safer to, to be predictable. It's safer to, to, uh, to be secure. It's, it's safer not to be rejected. It's safer not to be judged. It's safer not to, not to be put my neck out there, maybe be ostracized or pushed away by my friends. It's safer just to be quiet and wait my opportunity, but it's really not that safe. We we'll always say, what if this and what if this and what if this and it always ends with fear with fear. We said, fear, man, I'm afraid of that. I don't want that to happen, so we just be quiet. And I just want to encourage you with this question. Just think about this. What drove Jesus to the cross? Like, what drove him to the cross? Like, why was he so bold? We talk about his broken body and the blood he poured out. Why was he so bold for us? Because he loved us. That love drove him to the cross. And so my question I'll leave you with this is very simple. Do you love people enough to share the good news of the gospel. Do you love them enough? That's what drives us to share, amen? Father, we come before you. God, we pray for boldness. God, I pray for you to speak into our lives. God, give us a confidence and a passion that's only found in you. God, I pray, I pray that you drive deeply into us, God, who you are and the belief that you, we've seen you with our own eyes you've resurrected from the dead. Across this room is reflected in prayer that those of you that say, you know what, I'm a follower of Jesus. I want God to make me even more bold in my spirit. If that's you, we just lift your hands high and say, I want God to make me more bold. I got hands up across the room. Say, oh God, make me more bold. Father, I pray, God, you give us a revelation of your goodness. God, we see your power and your resurrection. God, we have a heart. God, for those that are far from God, every single day, God, I pray this week, we give spiritual eyes to see those who need your matchless love and grace of Jesus. God, prompt us in those moments to speak up and be bold. God, prompt us in those opportunities not to be afraid of what will happen to us. God, but put eternity into our hearts. God, that we'd see far beyond what we can see in this earthly world. God, we'd be motivated by a something higher calling, God. And we wouldn't be silent, God. God, we'd be motivated by a love of the cross, God, that we're willing to be, to sacrifice, to be uncomfortable, God, to be more bold, that we reach people that are across the street, God, that are close to us, maybe in our families, maybe it's our dads, maybe it's our stepdads, maybe it's our brothers, God, that we witness to them, God, that would come to Christ and hear the good news from our lips. God, make us bold today, God, make us bold. You know, as we continue to pray, without anybody looking around, let's go back to earlier in the message, remember what Jesus did before his death. He told him, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to die. Why does Jesus have to die? He's gonna die because he's gonna be raised again from the dead for forgiveness of sins. If I could just be blunt with you, we live in a culture today where people say, you know, I'm not a bad person, I'm not a bad person, I'm not a bad person, I, I, I don't cheat, you know? And I wanna tell you something, we're all bad people. We've all sinned, we've all told lies, we've all stolen, we've all cheated. We've all been greedy, we've all been unforgiving at times. We're all bad people and the Bible calls it sin. And I'm not doing this to tell you that you feel guilty, I'm just doing this because it's what the Bible says we feel guilty for this. And I believe God's put something in our, in our minds called the conscience. It's the inner peace of God that helps us to know what we've done wrong, when we're wrong. You know, a lot of times we think about God, we wonder, man, how can I be good enough for God? How can God even love me? I've got some good news. You don't have to clean your life up first. You don't have to clean up your mess for God to love you today. That's the whole point of the gospel. Jesus did the work on the cross. He did with such passion because God loved us. He loved the world, he became sin for us on the cross. And Jesus was born sinless and lived a perfect life and died in our place on the cross. He was raised from the dead on the third day so that anyone that includes you who calls in the name of Jesus can be saved and transformed forever. I wanna tell you something right now, the only, only thing separating you from, your, from knowing Jesus is your sin. So whatever you do today, I wanna give you a chance to be forgiven. 
Now, if you need Christ and you're here and you say, no, I'm a sinner. You say, I know I messed up. I reflected about communion. I know what God did for me. I need Jesus today. I'm gonna tell you something. When you call on his name, he hears your prayer. He forgives your sins. He makes you brand new today. Not a better version of you, but completely new. So across this room, let's be bold in front of God today. Maybe you'd say, you know what? I'm a sinner in need of a savior. So today, just like Peter, you'd say, I'm gonna repent. I'm gonna turn from my sin. I'm turning to Jesus. I'm gonna give my life to him. If that's your prayer, would you lift your hands high across this room and say, I need Jesus. And I see your hands. You have three hands. That's incredible. Anybody else say, I need Jesus today. I give my life to him. And it's so incredible. Can you give it up real life for these people? need Jesus. If you raised your hand, you know you need Jesus. I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer. Say, Father, God, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus down across my sins. God, thank you for his boldness and his love for me. God, I pray you forgive me. God, make me new. God, I'm going to live for you. I thank you for all you do, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is the end of this podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another inspirational podcast. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com.